0: Nailed it. <laughs> oh, that was slick. Uh, welcome back to the Better Blokes podcast. We're on episode five.
1: Yeah, it's been five episodes already. Look at us. So if you've hung around since episode one, well, thank episode zero, thank you.
0: Well done. I'm so, I'm glad some people are still here.
1: I can't even listen to Robbie for that long, so it's, uh, it's quite nice that you would
0: Neither can my clients, to be honest. These <laughs> these podcasts aren't as long as our sessions, so... <laughs> don't know how we get through. Open our Monsters. <laughs> definitely new cans of Monster And I'm definitely taking a sip from one right now Gotta stay uh, stay caffeinated and yeah. Keep the energy up Stay buzzed um, Today we are talking about It's kind of a bit of a nutrition topic um, But it's something that I've been coming across A fair bit recently um, As I've gone into more of a performance st- Style of coaching I've found that The way that people consume food food at the moment, feud, feud, consume food, consume food. Say that five times fast. Um, is that it's not, it's, it's not benefiting their performance and whether that is their performance in the gym or that is their performance in training or it's just their performance in life. Like they don't feel like they have the energy to get through life because their performance in the bedroom. I mean, I I mean, I don't know what, why you'd be talking about that. Like Andy, you're a good Catholic boy and you're not married yet. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, probably their performance in the bedroom too Yeah, I mean I I just want to cover all bases Yeah, consider the bases covered Yeah, probably their performance Mm -hmm. in the bedroom It's it's just they're not eating well enough for their life So what we're going to talk about today is fueling for performance How do we go about doing that? Well, I actually have a little bit of a a metaphor or an analogy Um, No, analogy all the way through (laughs) Um, It's a... It's a car. So I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago on Instagram. So consider yourself a car, Andy. You are a – you're driving your car. A muscle car. (laughs) A muscle car. (laughs) Um, It's big and strong. (laughs) Um, When you're getting in your car uh, and you say, oh, fuel's pretty low, you go to the petrol station, right? you got to fill up. I do. Yeah. When you put fuel in the tank, do you fill it up all the way? If I can? Yeah, if the price isn't too expensive. But you normally on a normal day, money is an object. You fill it up all the way. You get back in the car and you start driving. Are you driving that car to burn the petrol off that you just put in? No, no, not. Or uh, is the petrol fueling you to go about your daily activities in the car?
1: I suppose it would be. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It is. Um, So what I want to want people to start seeing themselves as is a car. So rather than feeling like they have to restrict themselves in food and then they have to, if they restrict, so they're eating less and then you've got to go out and burn on or off all the energy that you just consumed, we should start seeing ourselves as a car and we're consuming energy so that we can better go about our day, better live, better perform in just life. Yeah, and it, it comes like the first step in that is just see,
1: is changing your approach and how you view food we talked about it on, I think it was episode one or two. It was one, one of them, one of the first ones. And we talked about how people go to the gym to burn calories. Mm, yeah. It kind of ties back into that. It's like, well, if you see calories as, or if you see food as like, oh, well, I need to go and burn this off for because I had X amount of calories here. I need to go and do X amount of exercise. Mm. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about, like, okay, well, I have this task that I need to perform, whatever it is. I want it, I want to get the most out of my weight session. I want to get the most out of my run okay, well, what do I need to consume to make sure that I have the best session that I can have or have the best run
0: that I can have? Yeah, definitely. Because you're like, from a scientific perspective, when you when you train, you're trying to get adaptations. So you're trying to get your body to adapt to what, you, what you're doing. And you want to try and get the most out of your session, the most adaptations. And if you're not feeling yourself as well as you can, you're not going to be able to train as hard as you can. And if you're not training as hard as you can, you're not getting the, adapt- the the best adaptations that you get. So you're actually limiting what benefit you're getting from the exercise that you're doing. Another thing we mentioned was, and it ties in, is the trend of people showing their Apple Watch calories burned. Like, look how much energy I just burned. And then they'll be like, oh, I'm gonna, I can go and have this big meal because I burned all these calories. And it's kind of the other way around. Like, you ate a big meal so you can go and exercise. So you can go and uh, have a good time and, and train and get some good adaptations
1: yeah and it, it gets you looking at food in a more positive light mm. regardless of what it is like when you get to that point where you are eating for performance well you you can almost start to look at a plate of food and be like okay well the protein's going to repair gonna repair my muscles going to help me recover after training the carbs is going to fuel the next better training that i'm going to do because it's going to be stored as glycogen and then the fats are going to obviously help hormone production and just help keep me healthy because you need to have
0: fats that is not bad for you. Exactly. Yeah. So it does help you get sort of gain a better relationship with food. Um, something that I also mentioned before, um, but it's definitely pertinent now, is that how like most people don't eat actually enough. They don't eat enough. They consume too much, but they don't eat enough. And the idea behind that is that like they're not it's not just they're not eating enough of like the good stuff, but when you're drinking a lot of like soft if you're drinking soft drinks or juice or you know, the smoothie or the like sweet latte with all the extra shit in it. Or you're, um, or you're eating like just a bunch of like sugary food that's like very hedonistic, very gluttonous, it means that you're not actually putting enough of the good stuff that's going to help fuel you a bit better into your body. Now, for us as triathletes, um, sometimes we're going to have to f- consume a lot quite kick- quickly, which is where that sugary stuff starts to come in. But it's actually at other times you think, okay, how can I get the best out of the food that I'm eating now? Um, so the more nutrient dense, the more, you know, fresh, pulled from the ground or taken from an animal unless you're a vegan. Uh, and, and how can you get that to help better get you through your day rather than saying like, and eating more of that stuff rather than feeling like you have to restrict everything because you've had too much of the shit that probably you don't need. When you start looking at it like that as well, you will automatically, without even
1: thinking about it, develop better habits around food because if you could take
0: two, two snacks, mm. whatever they are.
1: I don't, where was
0: I, going? <laughs> I, I think I, know, I actually, actually I think good. I know where you're going from. I like it's the snack comparisons where people think, "Oh, this is bad for me," and then this is okay, or but this the, is. But there's a time when it's good. Yeah, it's a time when it's good. Um, it's what what? Which of these at this time is going to help me
1: more? Exactly. Yeah. Like there's going to be a time where you're going into a run, or you're going into a big cycle where you and you may not have eaten as much as you would have liked leading into. It. Okay, well, sweets and really sugary stuff like jellies. Mm. Or you call them lollies over here, which is weird, the jellies. Yeah. they're jellies. They're going to really, really help you. Like, it's a big thing in the powerlifting community, which is uh, eating while you train. Mm. And they obviously took that from endurance and didn't really put a huge amount of effort and thought into it, or at, <laughs> yeah. least, a l- at least a lot of the ones I know didn't. <laughs> they just liked the idea of eating while they train. <laughs> they just want to eat more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you train for four hours, yeah. But they're also only doing maybe f- seven, seven or eight <laughs> working sets within <laughs> them four hours. Mm. But once you get to that point where you are feeling for performance and you're thinking about it like that and you're approaching it like that, you will develop these better habits. And you can start looking at foods like, okay, well, what is going to help me get towards my goal? Mm. Is it better, like, do I need my carbs to come from a croissant? Will I eat that before mm. I train? Or are some really, really fast-acting um, carbs from jellies or lollies going to help me more? It's like you know Medjool what?
0: dates. That's what Dave eats, medjool dates. I don't like dried it. dried fruit is another good place is what yeah. I'm saying.
1: Yeah. I don't like dried fruit. I'd rather i, love, I <laughs> jellies to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean me too. So <laughs> I, I keep a packet of snakes in my in my locker.
1: But in kind of a traditional sense of looking and say, oh well you shouldn't eat that. It's gonna be bad for you. Oh no, stay away from processed food and sugar. like but if the application is right, mm. you need like it's
0: gonna age your performance. Have it. Yeah. And you'll
1: automatically develop a better relationship with food from it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean it's you there is no such thing as unhealthy food. There no. is an unhealthy amount yeah. of a food. Um, it's the same way. There's no such thing as a good food and a bad food. There's yeah. food that's beneficial to you and food that's less beneficial, depending on the time what what you eat. Context. For. I am. Um, it's funny. Yeah, what I was talking to someone about kind of my diet uh, leading up into the race before my first half Ironman. Leading up, what I was eating, what I ate during the race. Because when during the race, what like when you're running, you have your fuel comes from Gatorade, Coke, Red Bull. And lollies, jellies. That's what you. That's what you consume whilst you run. And this, I was talking to someone who, um, and they commented that that's. It's funny that all these people that are supposed to be really healthy are eating all this really unhealthy food. And I was like, okay, first of all, just because someone inherently does a lot of exercise doesn't mean that they're healthy. That's thing number one. It's the how, what exercise they're doing, the right amount of exercise. You can't just say, oh, he exercises a lot, he's healthy. It could be an unhealthy amount of exercise. That's first point. Second point is. Food isn't, like, as I said, food isn't healthy. Food is when you eat it at a certain time for a certain goal. In this time, if I'm running for, if I'm exercising for six hours, I need to be refueling myself. And that comes from fast acting sugars, caffeine, uh, things that are going to go down quite easily, liquids. So that's exactly what we're consuming. The third point is this person that made this comment. The diet was not very good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from it, like as a genuine, like I was like, you don't eat healthily. Like there is, there is healthy and unhealthy in terms of your diet and your diet is not healthy because there was no structure as to when they were eating the food. They were eat, you know, eat processed sugar late at night when they weren't going to be exercising or didn't exercise a lot that day. And so it's like you've got to stop looking at it as this is inherently healthy and this is inherently unhealthy. It's the structure. It's when you're eating it, what you're doing around it. That That's what can create a healthy diet versus an unhealthy one. It's also the context as well. Like you were
1: engaging in just under six hours of continuous movement. fifty four minutes. How many seconds? Six. Nice. But just under six hours of continuous movement—that's a lot. Mm. So you're going to need like a substantial amount of calories to fuel that. Mm.
0: But four and a half thousand I burned.
1: Yeah, and if you like, if you take someone else, or even take yourself a few weeks later when you weren't doing all that because you you um, you completed what you were doing, so the training load drops, and spending more time sitting on the couch. If you consumed all that. Continuously, like if you consume the same amount of food and then we're smashing Gatorades and Red Bulls and Coke and whatever else. Well then the context has changed
0: and it's not as good.
1: Mm. So the context matters. Yeah, and a you actually you massive feel, amount.
0: You would feel unhealthy if you did, if you did that outside of the context of a lot of movement. I also ate an entire pizza, garlic bread and a burger for dinner that night. I'd say that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it went down pretty well. Um, but it actually links back to um, something that I, I had a sort of like kind of like two stories attached to this, talking to a client. Clients participating in a, in a bit of running, mentioned how much they eat, said that they couldn't lose weight despite that they were eating so little. And I was like, okay, two things. First of all, the, by the fact that you are not losing weight, like you do you not the exception to the laws of thermodynamics, You're probably not. You're probably eating more than you think you are, and that's just like that's not me calling you out. It's not saying not trashing you. It's just a fact. You are. That's point number one. Point number two. You should be eating more than you think you are, because you need. If you're you, you want to run, you want to get better at running, you need to be eating a lot more and consuming more and more food. This leads me into a story of this another person I was talking to who um, had gone to a nutritionist. Said, "Hey, my goal is a sports nutritionist." Said, "Hey, my goal is." I want to run a marathon eventually and I want to be training for a marathon. How much should I be eating? And a sports nutritionist gave them something like 16, 1800 calories, ridiculously small like that. And it's like, you're probably going to burn that much just on a run. Like, and they're like, Oh no, but you don't want to go above maintenance. And it's like, you were going to be above maintenance in terms of your energy expenditure regardless because you're moving so much more and in order to move more you need to consume more which means that how much you eat in a day is going to go up and you probably won't put on weight this
1: um this is a little not quite off topic but i had a similar a very very similar experience with a a client who had reached out to a dietitian so my client's vegan so he reached out to a dietitian because he he didn't have There was a lot
0: of negative energy in the way that you just (laughs) said that (laughs) sorry ash (laughs)
1: I like Ash. <laughs> the, the vegan bit's just a bit of a eh, minus points, but it is what it is. But anyway, I have a client. I have a client who's not Ash, who's a vegan, and he um, he always struggled to hit his protein. And prior to us starting to work together, he approached a dietitian for some advice because he wanted to lose weight. He's an eighty. F- at the moment, he's we've gotten down under eighty three kilos now. So he's an eighty three kilo male. He's about, I think he's one seventy eight, one seventy nine
0: centimeters. Look, uh, 5'11". Can I give you my estimate of how much protein he should be eating and then you tell me what what he actually was given? Yeah. Can we do that? (laughs) So 83? Yeah, around 83. Wants to lose body fat? Yeah. Put on on a bit of of muscle at the same time. I'm going to say somewhere between 160 and 200 grams of protein a day.
1: Yeah. So I have him on 170 because he struggles to get protein. I was like, right, well, here's your benchmark. Mm. Between, between 160 and 170 we'll be happy with that yeah. if you go over it awesome yeah exactly which I think has happened maybe twice mm. he was eating between 40 and 60 grams of protein per day <laughs> fuck while <laughs> paying a dietitian who told him so like, exact same as your story with the sports nutrition it's like oh you want to lose weight you need to eat in deficit yes but he also runs two or three times a week
0: weight trains twice a week like he has a decent amount of activity mm. in his day Just to main, so this is a part of the reason you eat protein is especially for endurance athletes is you need to maintain nitrogen balance in your blood. Um, It's one of the biochemical reactions. We don't need to go too deep into it, but in order, if you're sort of training that much in order to maintain the nitrogen balance, you should be eating a minimum. So this is just to survive a minimum of 1.4 to 1.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. If you think 1.4 times 83 is something like 115, give or take, somewhere around there. So if he's eating 40, he's not actually eating enough to survive. Yeah. exactly. Like that's just a healthy baseline that you... Mm. Uh, it's not play, even yeah. a healthy baseline. That is, it's still too low, but it's just to get you
1: like yeah, fast. but it's like for survival. Mm. Like I don't, to be honest, I don't know how he was eating so low. But my first protocol when we started working together was, all right, well, let's bring your calories up and eat. Which is so, it, to him it was so left of field, because like, oh, I want to lose weight, I need to eat less. Like, okay, yes, but you've been eating less for this, for X amount of time. How much weight have you lost? Oh, not as much as I'd like. How much weight have you lost? Maybe
0: a kilo. So, all right, sweet. So it's not worked. No. Yeah. If, if you do the maths, because you can do the maths on it, and you can work out exactly how much you should have lost. So if someone says, I've been eating at this amount, and you do the maths, and you go, okay, well, you haven't lost that amount. So first of all, you're not eating at that amount. But also, if we up your, as you, as I'm sure you're going to go on, like if you up your calories but improve your protein, you will feel fuller, but you will lose more. Yeah.
1: And also we, we brought his BMR up, which is his basal metabolic rate, which mm-hmm. is the amount of calories he needs as a person per day for basic human function like digestion and and all that. We brought that up. I was like, all right, sweet. So he, he can burn more calories here today just because mm-hmm. he's been eating more. His body acclimatized to that. And we're about to drop his calories. His weight has actually been going down in the meantime as well. And in two weeks we're going to
0: drop his calories. We're going to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like I mentioned this this car metaphor before, and you said, "Oh, I, I you know, if I can fill up my petrol tank." So there are times when petrol prices are more expensive, right? And you actually can't fill up your petrol tank every time you go in. And at times you put in a little bit less, and well, then no, it's worse than the petrol prices. Fucking diesel prices. Diesel prices. <laughs> How much does your dog cost? <laughs> I'd rather not say how much it costs. Um, uh, but yeah, so like there, there are times when petrol prices will go up and you don't put in as much in your petrol tank. So there are times when you're like, actually, Andy, I want to decrease the amount of my body weight. I want to drop a little bit of body fat. Okay, we're going to put a little bit less in the tank. But at the same time, you might actually have to move a little bit less as well. Yeah. You can't move. Like if, you, if you're dropping... Your, now i'm not saying instantly like oh i want to i want to lose weight i'm going to stop going to the gym that's not what i'm saying but we just might have to restructure your day so that you're not you're like you're not requiring as much energy to go about your day but
1: also continuing on your analogy of the fuel tank like it's a good analogy it is a very good analogy and it makes a lot of sense it's easy to uh, easy to conceptualize Nailed it. but to con- to continue on that like yes we're going to put less in the tank because we want to lose weight Still going to put
0: enough to get you from A to B. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're not going to go, oh, I'll get 50% of the way there.
1: Yeah. but like, And I think that's the approach that a lot of people take is they will absolutely just slash everything, protein included, which if you're going into a deficit, a calorie deficit, you should either maintain it or mm. more often than not, increase
0: it. Increase it, yeah. And take the carbs down. Yeah. Definitely, yeah it increase your carb but yeah increase your protein, sorry, but yeah, and there's I mean there's other things as well like if you know you're going for a long drive, you refuel the tank, if you know that you're about to do an ex- a lot of exercise, you eat a little bit more food. if you know that you're not going to be driving as much that day, you're not going to go and fill up your petrol tank, so you don't eat as much on that day if you're not exercising as much. It's where it's sort of like calorie or carb cycling can come in, which is when it's definitely something that Dave has done with me, it doesn't work as well because I don't take rest days, which is a bad idea but um if you're if you if you're having a rest day so a day when you're not training. You eat less because you don't have to do an exercise, so you may, may might take out your pre uh, pre exercise meal or your post exercise meal and go from you know four down to three on that day or five down to four depending on how much you eat. But you change how much you're eating dependent on what you're doing that day. Because again, if you don't need to fill fill up the petrol tank as much, you're not going to fill it up. Exactly, like eat for what you need it for. Definitely, like definitely.
1: Whatever that is, like if you don't have a hectic training day, you can get away with eating less and. More often than not, you won't notice. Yeah, it'll probably go down quite easily. Yeah, like you won't be massively hungry for eating less one day.
0: Yeah, definitely. Out of the week. Um, one thing, so it's obviously the last couple of weeks, we have talked a little bit about that like kind of like goal setting. Um, and I think one one thing that we didn't quite mention as much is that when you're when you are training towards a goal, so for instance, a performance goal, if you start aligning your eating habits with the performance goal, you might actually find that A, you might find that the body composition of your body changes in a positive way. But B, your eating habits in general just improve because they're concentrated towards something. And it's more often that it's completely subconscious
1: as well. Mm. Like I've noticed in the few weeks that I've been training
0: for the the triathlon,
1: I drink a significantly less amount of alcohol. And it's been, it's not because I've actively tried to be like, oh no, I'm not going to drink. I've still had a few beers here and there. Mm. But it's been like, I know that it's going to, make me feel like shit and then i have to get on the bike or I have to put some miles in on the road it my perform it's going to impact my performance so i don't do it mm. it's just been a very nice byproduct of having a goal to work towards is the improvement in habits around nutrition improving the habits around alcohol especially and also i know it's a bit off topic the habits around sleep as well mm. i'm not going to stay up until 11 11am 11 11pm 11 because it's going to impact the time I wake up at the next morning it's going to impact my performance. It's going to impact my meal timings the next day as well. It's just going to throw everything off. With that in mind,
0: I did actually do that last night. <laughs> there was it. something to watch on, okay? I was watching something. Watching Brizzy hammer to D's. That was a <laughs> great second half. No, that was three weeks ago, Andy. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. No, we just watched the grand final. <laughs> yeah. Um, who wins, Andy? Go for real. <laughs> Flag mouthful. <mantle. laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, it's definitely something I've noticed as well. Like, if you. My, my eating now is so habitual that if you left me for a week, so you just went, all right, Robbie, you're um you're going to go about a normal day. We're not going to have any changes. You don't have any nights out. You don't have any – you're not sharing dinner with anyone at any point. You just go normal seven days. How are you going to eat? I will almost eat every single – I'll pretty much eat the same meal at the same time every single day, like, without fail, because – and this isn't like, oh, that's boring. You actually get – if you realise, like, what is going to fuel you better and how you can, like – how you can eat well to fuel yourself consistently. Now you don't have to eat the same meal. I'm a creature. I'm. Well, we are all creatures of habit, but I just, I'm fine eating the same food. But you'll find that you're eating at times and you're eating in amounts and you're eating the foods that are going to best get you through that day. And it's if, and towards your goal, as in, as I said before, is this going to get me towards my goal? Yes. All right, well, I'll eat it.
1: Yeah. It, it makes a big, big difference when, you, when you're able to do that as well. Cause I, I can do the same to a certain extent, eat the exact same meals pretty much every day or at least like some of the meals will rotate from day to day. But more often than not, most of them are the same because it, it's easier as well. I think one of the best hacks, for lack of a better word, in terms of improving your nutrition is getting used to just having similar, they don't have to be the exact same, but having similar meals on a regular basis. Even if you have like a rolling weekly menu. So like Monday is, say you have a bolognese for dinner. That that can also be your lunch on Tuesday if you cook enough. Which is also another hack. Mm. Cook more food. Have the leftovers. <laughs> Meal prep, one on one. Well like Tuesday, it might be like teriyaki chicken and rice and veg and stuff like that. And then like if every week Monday's the same, Tuesday's the same, Wednesday's the same. If you can settle into some sort of routine, it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect. It makes it so much easier. It takes the guesswork out of it, it takes the thinking out of it, and you just you're eliminating barriers. just shielding your performance and getting shit done
0: eliminating friction exactly i'm um i am single and i I mean i live with a housemate but i you know i I make my own we eat separately so i just eat i make two meals which is my dinner and my lunch and i have that every day of the week another another hack if you are single and you're like oh i always make too much food make six meals at once
1: yeah this just a bit easier
0: and um, also another pro tip, if you are doing some sort of endurance event, you should buy yourself an air fryer and you should start having air fryer potatoes because they are the fucking goat. Hopefully
1: by the time this comes out, I have one. Okay. <laughs> I, f- I found a press. I'm going to clear it out. Okay.
0: Andy's joining the gang. Got to do some measurements to see it's if- um, It's funny. We were on the, um, uh, you missed the group call on Wednesday. Our, I... men- our mentoring group call. Andy wasn't there. He thinks he's too big for it now that he's got a podcast. But I was on it and- I was sitting there eating my dinner, which was pasta and potatoes. And the guys were like, can you fucking not? (laughs) Like a a few of the guys that were in our group, you know, they might be training for, they might be doing for like a photo shoot or like a bodybuilding comp. So they're they're actually eating a little bit less than they maybe should have. And then they're just watching me just like chow down on potatoes and pasta. And they're like, could you really not? That
1: has been a fantastic shift in my training recently is the amount of food I can eat now because I need to feel a substantial training load, which is very lovely. One of
0: the amazing things of putting yourself through discomfort and doing a big endurance event is you can eat a lot of food. Yeah. I had a friend the other day being like, oh, do you want to go out for dinner? I was like, yeah, sure. And they're like, oh, like we'll have to make sure some of it fits into your diet. I was like, my diet is everything It'll and fit. lots of it. <laughs> It'll fit. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. That's just about us today, guys. Um, we we'll might wrap it up there because we're about to get kicked out. Um, hope you've enjoyed and have taken on a little bit of a, a positive spin on on your nutrition and how you eat and, and stuff like that.
1: Yeah I think one thing just before we go as well is when you start um, eating more for performance you break down some emotional barriers and some com- emotional connections that you will have with food like I've worked with people in the past and I imagine you have too and pretty much every coach has probably been through it themselves to a certain extent but have, has worked with someone who has a very strong emotional attachment to food and I've found the easiest way to kind of eliminate not even eliminate but just kind of dissipate some of them emotional attachments as being like, okay, well, let's not look at food as like, oh, I have to have this or I get to have that. Say, all right, well, this is gonna help this, this Mm -hmm. is gonna help that. Yeah. In terms of performance. It's a much better
0: way of looking at it. You see food as improving you rather than something that you have to reduce and restrict and have a negative mind. And it goes back
1: to what we said a few weeks ago about how like I think once again I think it's Weight Watchers who label certain foods as sins and you're allowed cunts. a certain amount of sins per week it's just bullshit yeah eat what you want and if it aligns like make it align to a goal and your goal and just crack on
0: yeah you have a good and time enjoy your food enjoy your fucking food guys stop make it work for you stop being cunts and enjoy your food <laughs> <laughs> that is us for today all right, well, so hope we'll you enjoyed s- listening like share follow <laughs> subscribe we'll see you next time <laughs> see you next time <laughs> all right a <laughs> have a one see ya <laughs> bye guys